Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello! Welcome to the LibroCube! Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisco LibroCubicalist. Today, my friends, is Book Blow Wednesday. When you tell your friends about this Book Blow Wednesday episode, you're really going to want to hit those bees, both in Book and Blow Wednesday. You're going to want to bulge your lips a little bit. It's how it's done. Something I say at the top of every show that I do believe is important on a Book of a Wednesday episode is that there will be spoilers. It is important because there will be spoilers, and you should take heed of them. If that's the sort of thing, that spoils things. Things. For things. Another thing that I often say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. <laughs> no. That is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what helps podcasts grow and flourish and become larger than the sum of their parts. Hmm, interesting. All of that said, we'll take us into our last piece of podcast-related business. I don't know why I turned that into a question. It's not really. It should have been a statement. Apologies for that. Which is today's sponsor, which is Skill Gannon's Dam Builders Incorporated. Once again, today's sponsor is Skill Gannon's Dam Builders Incorporated. Thank you to that entity for sponsoring this entity. Today I have for you second last book in the Drenay series OMG, which stands for Oh My God. I can't believe we've made it this far. And uh, for me, had such a good time doing so. Because of the way in which this book this series is written that every book can sort of stand by itself. Uh, This one being no exception, even goes so far as to introduce a whole new character, sort of, to the series. So uh, it's kind of a ballsy mover to introduce a new major character into a book series that is on the second to last book within the series. Wow. Uh, why don't I just tell you at this point that the last book in the series also furies this dude who goes by the name of Skilganon the Damned. The Damned he is. Damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. This book is titled The White Wolf. Ooh, The White Wolf. Interesting. It is, of course, by Mr. David Gemmell. Uh, of course, because he wrote all the other books in the series, so, you know, it would be strange if he didn't write this one. Uh, I very, very much enjoyed this one. Uh, I think it's fairly easy for me to give it a 5 out of 5. 
So that is what I'm going to give it. There was a slight hesitation to maybe give it a four, but no, I, I'm going to go five. Uh, I liked it that much. And uh, I like the character of Skilgan and the Dam. Sort of your quintessential, not squeaky clean good guy. He's got some badness to him. In fact, as far as uh, uh, heroes, let's call them, that are not 100% good, like your Batmans, I think is my prime example, obviously, uh, he is treading into the darkness much, much more than some. Uh, but I, I think that's something that David Gemmell really likes to do. Like, he did it with uh, Waylander. Very, very good example. In fact, uh, this character, Skilganon and Waylander, have a lot in common. That sort of uh, were good at one point and then spent much of their lives being incredibly bad and then are now sort of trying to make amends for their wrongs. Yeah, yeah, that sort of idea. Skilganon, so bad as to have killed an entire city. And I mean man, woman, and children killed the entire city. So, as far as evil deeds done in the past that you're trying to atone for, uh, that's a pretty bad one. And uh, I don't even know if it will be possible to gain atonement. So, you know, why even bother at that point? Uh, the book starts out where he is known as Brother Lantern because he's sort of hiding out, again, doing that sort of atonement biz in the form of a source priest. The priest within this book, very, very, well, I suppose not too strange, priestly, monkly views, monkly, <laughs> of uh, never do harm to anyone no matter what. Even if they are trying to kill you, do not harm them. So obviously, Skilganon has a little trouble with this precept of the source priesthood. So when eventually, uh, in the sort of area in which this is taking place, for some reason, the government has been trying to turn people against the church. Eventually, uh, the city in which his particular chapel is located is riled up to the point where an angry mob uh, basically, but not quite, attacks the church. Uh, attacks mob-like, and one of the priests is killed. Skilganon, up until that point, was able to sort of hold back his murderous fury but then he lit it loose, and uh, basically from that point on was no longer a priest, but back to his old killing habits. The head of this monastery then gave back his evil swords, possessed swords, possessed with demons, which is never good to have swords that are possessed by demons, because they will slowly corrupt you. Very, very similar to... If you listen to our talk, I, I mean my talk, I said hour, as in the podcast hour, <laughs> my talk of, uh, I forget what the title of the book, involving Dross, I think it might have been called Dross the Legend, maybe something, anyways, uh, where his axe was possessed and slowly sort of transformed him eviler and eviler. He got eviler and eviler, basically. So that same sort of idea. I, I like a good possessed slowly turns you evil item. Obviously, sort of ripped from the pages of uh, Lord of the Rings, the One Ring, turning people evil, that sort of idea. Borrowing. Let's call it borrowing. So, uh, Skilganon, uh, this is an interesting book in that it jumps back and forth 
quite often to give uh, some of his backstory, right from when he was a kid to when he met up with a princess of this land and sort of saved her from evil people. Uh, eventually, this princess, however, was corrupted in a similar sort of fashion with an evil dagger. On that note, I should mention, all of these evil weapons created by the same evil woman, woman, <laughs> woman uh, known as the old woman, doesn't have a name, just the old woman. We'll talk about her in a moment. In the meantime, I have to stop and get some breakfast. So, because I love you, I will edit out the portions in which I am doing so. Because you don't need to hear me order breakfast, although I do do it very well. I do do it very well. Back in a moment. Editing. 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 On the road again. That was the On the Road Again remix. Thank you for that voice box. The old woman, oh man, the old woman possessed these two swords, possessed a dagger given to this uh, princess, which turned her evil, tried to multiple occasions kill Dress the Legend. She's been around for a long, long time. Old evil crone. I hope she doesn't hear me though, because she could kill me easily. Okay, so, once this uh, happened, the mob attacked, and he uh, sort of lost his shit. Obviously, no longer able to be a priest. So, had to uh, hightail it out of there. Took with him uh, another priest, and was sort of given the mission to take this guy to uh, a city far, far away. That part actually never really plays a large role in the story. It's just kind of sort of to get him, Skilganon, from point A to point B. Uh, he also takes with him a young boy who, in a sort of uh, similar hairy situation, his uh, he was an orphan boy living with his aunt. Are you still an orphan? I guess if your parents are dead, automatic orphan, even if you're living with your aunt. Anyways, the aunt was killed in a fire set by some mean kids, and uh, in the kerfuffle afterwards, he killed one of these kids. And uh, the kid is like the son of the mayor or some such, so he had to leave as well. This sets it up for Skilganon and the kid kind of becoming friendly, despite the fact that Skilganon hates everyone, for the most part. So it starts to train him in sort of horse riding and little sword practice and things of that nature. He's a good kid, and full of heart, and uh, loyalty and bravery, which we see further evidenced when Skilganon along with uh, a whole bunch of refugees from all the wars that are happening. Because this is a fantasy novel, which means there are constantly wars happening. So he ends up uh, saving these refugees from joinings. Oh, that's interesting. If you know what a joining is. Which, if you've A, read along these with these books, or two, listen to these podcasts in which I talk of these books, talks of these books, you will know a joining is kind of like a where not necessarily wolf, where beast, uh, half the joining between a man and a animal, sometimes of the wolf variety, which is kind of werewolfy, obviously. Also, during this sort of whole attack of joining section, uh, we finally meet up with Dress, Dress the Legend. I didn't know, because it was quite a ways into this book before we meet up with Dress. I didn't know he was going to be in this book, so when it happened, my jaw sort of dropped. I, I thought potentially 
that it was just going to be, we meet him for, you know, maybe a chapter and then he moves on. But no, he's, he's here for the rest of the book, which I friggin' love. He's one of my, he, dress, dress the legend has turned into one of my favorite, uh, literary characters just because of who he is and, and the code he lives by and how much ass he can kick, kick ass like nobody. Like, Dress versus Batman, I'd be hard-pressed. Hard-pressed to say who would win. And that is probably the highest praise I can give anyone. Yes. Uh, there's a part, I think, what I was saying, although I am losing track of what I am saying, was that uh, during this section, the, the boy... Oh, I didn't write down his name. It was, like, Robolin. He was, like, combining Rob and then adding a fantasy name component to it, basically. Uh, ended up saving Dross from one of these joinings, so we know he's uh, he's going to turn out to be an incredible dude. Now he's just a little dude, though. So Skilganon and Dross and Robolin, if that was his name, may not be, finally make it to the city that had been under siege this whole time. Dross was going there to try to find one of his friends who had sort of uh, dropped off the face of the earth, basically, so he was worried about him, him and his daughter. It turns out that, and this is where it gets interesting, not that it hadn't been, his friend had been turned into a joining. It was that sort of scenario of, will he recognize me, will he not, is there any humanity left in him, that sort of idea. Uh, the little girl was kidnapped, along with the little girl's mother, uh, kidnapped by the bad dude of this book, a man by the name of Iron Mask. Iron Mask, because he wears a mask, and I'll tell you, I'll give you one guess what it's made out of. That's right, copper. No, it's made out of iron, you idiots. Jesus. So, uh, that sets it up for the rest of the quest, let's call it. Uh, Dress's plan, if you can call it a plan, is to uh, storm the castle, the castle where say, a hundred, let's just round it down a little bit, a hundred soldiers and mercenaries and just sort of bad, bad men are protecting this iron mask. He's going to go there and rescue the girl, who's not a princess, just a girl, but Dress doesn't care. He'll rescue no matter what. While he's in the city, he meets up with one of his old soldier pals, who's not old, actually, I don't know why I said old, one of his soldier pals who decides to go along with him, Skilganon is headed in the same direction, but wants no part of the rescuing of this kid because it's suicide to go against this many people in a fortified city or whatever it is. A fortified something. He, however, uh, has around his neck some uh, hair and bone of his lost love. Now, this is something that was never explained, or at least not explained to my satisfaction. Apparently, he loved that uh, princess he saved, and they spent lots of time together conquering, <laughs> basically. But then there's this other girl that he, I guess, also loved and was married to, who died. Never really talk about her other than the fact that he's on this quest to try to bring her back to life because he has heard of this temple that uh, if you have parts of your loved one, you can bring them back. Sounds like cloning to me. Sounds like cloning to me. So that's his quest. Uh, also joining them 
for reasons, <laughs> are uh, a pair of formerly conjoined twins. Uh, one of them just sort of a normal dude. One of them is, uh, I guess if you could boil it down, just say he is slow. He's got a slight retardation. If that is not politically correct, apologies, I suppose. But that's how it is explained. So they are headed to, I guess, the same temple as Skilganon because it's known for healing as well. Healing and bringing people back. So they want to get the uh, the dumb one healed because it's uh, he's not always like that. Like He has pure periods of uh, lucidity where, I guess, the pressure is off of his brain where he becomes his old, incredibly smart self. There's also a uh, woman, sort of a, almost a young girl she's described, who is insane? Maybe. She hears the voices of the dead? Maybe. She actually, just before I forget, kind of a cool little tidbit, we learn that she actually, over the course of this story, uh, we know she has a crossbow, but we learn that it was actually Waylander's crossbow, so that's really cool, tying it all in with with so many things. It's incredible. She is there because she sort of believes that, and this is the evil old lady who has made her believe this, that if she kills Skilganon, uh, she will be cured of her madness or her, not madness, but ability to talk to the dead or some such. Interesting things all around. Uh, folks, I didn't finish it on my way to work, so I will come back and try to wrap it up. Uh, I guess where we're going to start off from is all these folks gathered together now, and then heading off on their quest, right? A quest? I love a goddamn good quest, and this was a good one. So uh, it probably won't take too much to wrap it up. Just fly. So I will be back in eight hours. I will say, though, as I do, love you, dearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Well, that was a work day. There's no denying it. I wish I could deny it. Funny thing about that work day is probably shouldn't talk about work on the podcast, but hey, let me vent a little. Oh, without getting into specifics, I have one supplier who drives me nuts. And maybe I'll just leave it at that. The funny thing is, or not funny thing, and maybe I'm not going to leave it at that, apparently, is that, sure, you get an angry customer every once in a while. That's bound to happen. It's the nature of selling things. However, when you are the customer, should you not be treated as a customer and not as a, let's just say, second-class citizen? and have to repeatedly ask and ask and ask, and then your customers are getting mad at you because you can't get answers out of this company, and then you have uh, the customer calling and have to spend 20 minutes on the phone trying to appease them because you can't get an answer out of the person that you were trying to buy things from. But I digress. Back into a little David Gemmel action in the form of the White Wolf. Ow! The White Wolf of London. What? No. Okay, so I think we left off where we got all our characters gathered together, and we're going to go on a little quest, which I like. I like a good quest, as I've said innumerable times. It's the traveling from point A to point B, where anything can happen along the way, especially in a fantasy, sci-fi as well. If you 
get a good sci-fi quest? I can't think of a good example of one. But still, primarily uh, fantasy travelings, uh, where anything can happen along the way, and quite often does. So, Druss and Skilganon and company traveling through the Drenay lands. Sorry, the former Drenay or Nadir lands? I can't remember. Drenay, Nadir, potato, potato. No, they're very, very different. Let's not get them mixed up. Oh, they would not care for that at all. Uh, there's a cool section here where they're being followed by a group of like 30 guys, and it's just the, what is it, five of them and six, I think, if you counting the young boy who's never fought anyone before. Luckily, uh, Skill Ganon, on top of being a super, super badass with those two demon-possessed swords, is a sort of master tactician. So uh, I like that. In, in, in I've said this before, that David Gamel does it so, so well. His battles and his sort of tactical maneuvers in which uh, a small group is able to defeat a large group, he's, to me does it better than just about anyone taking that uh, that underdog story and turning into uh, wow I can't believe they defeated these 30 guys just through smarts mostly skill of arms but also skill of brains cool beans something else they have going against them is that Druss he's having a little heart troubles so even with him having heart attacks <laughs> and I think I mean that literally. Druss is sort of repeatedly having a heart of tax. Is still killing like three guys at once just because he's such a super badass. Because he's kind of an old dude at this point. He's like in his 50s. This is uh, just pre maybe, I don't know how many years, but a, a couple of years before his his final stand. His final stand, which oddly enough in this series took place in the very first book or second book? I think it was the first book was his last stand, <laughs> and now we're we're jumping around in time, let me tell you. That uh, young boy, Robolin, again, I may be making that name up. Uh, I'm pretty sure it had the word Rob in it, though, so close enough. He, during this attack of these people following them, uh, was killed. Yeah, super, super sad. Uh, did I shed a tear? No, I don't think I did. But I could have. Maybe I knew, a part of me knew, that uh, they were headed towards this healing temple. This healing temple that may even have the ability to bring people back to life, which uh, is what happened. So that's a bit of a spoiler. He dies, and then Ustart, who was in the last book with uh, Waylander there, she's like uh, a half-leopard woman with mystical abilities manages to uh, restart his heart and uh, heal his wounds and bring him back. So that was happy. At the same point, they heal Druss's heart, so he's back in fighting form. Uh, the two conjoined twins, formerly conjoined twins, I should say, and hopefully said earlier on, they are given the not great news that the, uh, the slow one, he's only got maybe a month to live because of all the sort of cancerous shit going on in his body, including the pressures on his brain, the tumors, it is a tumor, that uh, make him dumb from time to time. So that's sad. And uh, lastly, Skilganon is told that his love that he has around his neck, her bones and hair, is not able to be brought back to life at this particular temple at this particular time. So he's a little upset about that sadness. 
So now we sort of set out on part number two of the quest, which is the rescuing of that child from the defended, uh, let's just call it Castle and Keep. I think that's fairly accurate. So now it's Druss, Skilganon, these two guys, uh, I guess actually three soldiers total, and they're going to take on this whole friggin' encampment. I won't go into too, too much detail other than just to say how it started, which uh, sort of blew my mind. Now, in a scenario like this, normally you're going to want the element of surprise, right? But they went the total opposite this way in that uh, all the bad guys knew that Druss and Skilganon were coming for them. So they were pretty much all 100 and change of them, shaken in their boots, uh, just morale down, down, down. People started deserting and all sort of falling apart, despite the fact that it's, as far as they knew, two against 100. They're still... <laughs> they're still quivering with fear. So uh, the way it starts out is basically, and this is not perhaps 100% accurate, but for our purposes here, basically, Druss walks in to this stronghold where they're all sort of uh, in, a, in a bar, basically, drinking in their off hours. It says he strolls in there, he buries his axe in a table and says, listen, people, this can go one of two ways. One, you can all leave. Two, we can fight and I'm going to kill all of you. <laughs> what I love about it is, basically they say, yeah, you know what, Dress, you're right. There's no way we friggin' 100 people can beat you. We're going to leave. That's, that, that's sort of how the, the taking over of this and the rescuing of the child happens, which I friggin' love. Love! There's, uh, of course, the sort of quintessential... Uh, end battle between Iron Mask and Skilganon. I'll give you one guess who wins. Oh boy. Obvious, but still came about in an exciting enough way that the obviousnesses of the outcome were not too, were not overly hindering my love of this book. So if I didn't say it, and I do believe I did, five out of five, obviously, uh, greatly enjoyed it. Uh, I'm a little bit, maybe 200 pages into the last book of this series, and the only tease I will give, because it's a very cool tease, is that we have jumped ahead in time 1,000 years. So that's friggin' crazy. Uh, I've said about most of these books that uh, something I like about it is that they jump around in time, sort of forwards and back, and you get pieces of the history of these lands, and a little bit of the how they were molded through wars and how some of these titans uh, have helped to shape the world. And then all of a sudden, this one jumps ahead a thousand years, which hasn't happened yet. So very, very cool. And it does something that I... It's doing something that I always love in fantasy. And uh, this is not 100% yet, but I think it's kind of involving sci-fi a little bit. Just as far as that idea of there are relics from the quote-unquote ancients, the ancients who seemingly were technologically advanced. So things like, uh, I think, cloning is, is kind of never said outright, but that's the feel that what is sort of happening. Cool, cool idea. Folks, that was a book Wednesday, and there is no denying that. You can't. You can try, but you will be unsuccessful, so don't even try. What you should try is 
to listen to me say that it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper